Back to the crossover podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and prepare to get a big heaping spoonful of potentially all three of that today because we got a big smorgasbord of stuff to talk about. Starting with the NHL trade deadline, which is always a signifier of a new year on the crossover podcast. So, Craig Needles is here. Happy fourth year of the podcast to you, Craig. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, I guess. Is that what it is? I think more or less, because the first okay, podcast cool. we ever did for the show was uh, you and I did a trade deadline three, four years ago. I'm pretty sure it's four years ago, because I think this is the, the start of the fourth year of the podcast. So, we, without further ado, we will slide right into Monday's trade deadline. Um, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Rick Nash? That was pretty much the, the first kind of... Uh, yeah, we'll we'll start with with Nash, I suppose. Uh, I think based on what uh, what people are going to think of everyone who was traded this week uh, at the end of their careers, Nash was likely the best player who got traded. I don't know if he's the best player here in 2018, but his uh, his career was the most impressive uh, of all the people who got traded this week. I thought, I mean, I'm pretty sure I was reading stats that in the past two years, and you'll probably enjoy this. I think uh, Thomas Mechanics five. The five numbers and his five v four numbers are better than Rick Nash's have been over the past couple of years. Uh, yeah, not. I, I don't think as far as goals, in it, but certainly as far as uh, keeping the puck on the right side of the ice. Placanic has, has lost uh, lost a little bit as far as the offensive side of the ice goes, but uh, he, uh, he 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 does he does good things at both ends. That's a very that's a pretty nice pickup for the Leafs. It was a uh, a spot they needed. I think they needed to have that fourth center. They needed to upgrade Dominic Moore. Now Dominic Moore is your fifth center. Uh, which is okay if you have, don't have Austin Matthews for a couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah, I know what, I, I really like that upgrade. Uh, I like the Nash upgrade for Boston, too. Um, one thing that's going to happen, though, uh, is Bergeron's going to be out for a little while, and Boston is going to have a really hard time because Bergeron's one of the best players in the league, and he's a really important part of what they do. And some idiot is going to write, well, look, Rick Nash goes to Boston and things go wrong, uh, despite the fact that Rick Nash did not... Uh, did not do whatever happened to Patrice Bergeron's foot. That is not his fault. So I think that that was a nice pickup for Boston. I think that really solidifies uh, that line with Krejci there. I know that Spooner was playing there, and there are people that said, oh, is this that big of an upgrade on Spooner? And the answer is, yeah, it is, once you factor in minutes and competition and things along those lines. So Boston made themselves better. High price, but they also got rid of Matt Bolesky's contract, which or at least half of Matt Bolesky's contract, which in 2019, when they have to pay some people, that was going to be a real problem that no longer is going to be as big a problem. If you had to say that one team won the trade deadline, what team would you pick? Hmm. I, I, I suppose Tampa Bay. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you'd have to. You, you add Ryan McDonough and JT Miller. Uh, those are pretty good ads. And the guys that give out, like Nemeskahov, a nice player, but, you know, he's he's not going to be a, a, a world beater. Uh, and, and they gave a couple of prospects that, that people like, uh, uh, I'm not. I'm not someone who's watched a lot of Leeward Hajek outside of the uh, outside of the World Juniors. He had a nice World Junior, but is he someone who is is going to be a star for the Rangers? I don't think so. So they gave up, yeah, a couple of first round picks if they win the Stanley Cup next year. Well, this year or next. Well, they're not going to really stress about that if they have to give up two first round picks because they won the Stanley Cup. So I think that they didn't give up a ton and they got two pretty good players that are going to make them better. 
If I said to you that I thought that the New York Rangers won the trade deadline, am I out of line? No. Uh, because here's the Rangers did two things. Like they they didn't get any super top prospects. No, but when was the last time you looked at you know whichever iteration of uh, the the salary cap website and you looked at the Rangers asset page and didn't see a bunch of missing draft picks? And now you see they have their own draft picks and they have a bunch of other people's draft picks. That uh, that's an unusual site for them. So they didn't do any have any sort of half measures rebuild which I really, really liked. They didn't say, oh, yeah, you know what? We're just going to we're going to trade Nash as a UFA. And we're going to keep McDonough and, and see what happens next year. No, they know they're probably not going to be a contender next year, too. So maybe that means that Kevin Shattenkirk goes in the offseason if he wants to go. I don't know. I don't think Mark Stahl is movable at this point in, uh, in, in the timeline. I don't think that's something they can do. But they, they did some good things. I'm surprised they didn't trade Ryan Spooner. But uh, they did uh, they did some good things, so I uh, I like what they did. I I wouldn't be surprised if they're right back on the horse next year. The Rangers with some of the moves that they've done, like I, mean, it might uh, be I, tough I have just... a hard time with that, just because I look at the the like the Atlantic is pretty brutal. The and, Atlantic is yeah. brutal, and uh, Zabanajad's a nice player, mm-hmm. but if he's your best guy, how good are you? It's true. There's also the there's also the Henrik Lundqvist elephant in the room. Sure, and I suppose Lundqvist would would be their best guy still because Lundqvist is still really good. But at some point, Lundqvist is going to be the, a year from now. He's going to be a 36 year old goaltender with an eight and a half million dollar cap hit. I don't think that they're going to trade Henrik Lundqvist. I think that this is a, like the the franchise just decided we're we're riding this out with, mm-hmm. with Lundqvist because he's our guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm I'm not mad about it. Uh, the only thing that it hurts is they are looking for ping pong balls at this point. Which getting rid of McDonough helps that. Obviously, trading Nash helps that. But if you have Henrik Lundqvist back there, you're never going to be bad. Hmm. You're going to be mediocre at worst. I remember I floated. Uh, I want to say like a couple of months ago. I think I, I floated the uh, the idea of Lundqvist to the like the, the, like this was just me coming up with something like just talking out loud on Twitter. And I, I suggested what if had the Leafs traded for Henrik Lundqvist. And I got a lot of tweets going like, hey, we got our guy, okay? Fuck off, right? And I was just like, oh, no. okay, all right. Uh, I think that the people who, who said that, yeah. uh, they are they maybe didn't need to uh, be so aggressive about it, but yeah. uh, they're right. But you know uh, how hockey the, the, is, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the Leafs, uh, the Leafs very much do have a very good goal. Like, uh, our, like if, if obviously we got a quarter of a season left, but... Mm. Henrik, I mean, uh, excuse me, Frederick Anderson is clearly a Besner nominee if, if they're doing it right now. He's one of the three best. I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I so, just, if, if I'm a Rangers fan, I, th- I, I don't know. I just I think it's pretty funny because, what was it, a month ago, the organization basically released a letter that said, hey. It wasn't so, even a month ago. Yeah, it was like, what, a couple weeks ago or whatever? And they're like, hey, expect some rough times ahead. Listen, we've, yeah. been, you know, we've been pretty good, but there may be rough times. But then I watched with this uh, – like you could make an argument that uh, I think based on this little trade deadline and what they might do in free agency and with the upcoming draft, you could honestly go, "Oh, thank God that's over." <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, we had to make one trade or two trades we didn't like. Exactly. Um, what I will say is that the New York Rangers next year have fifty million dollars committed to thirteen guys. So I'm not sure how aggressive they're going to be able to be in free agency yeah. this time around Even with the cap going up. Even with the cap going up, they've got $50 million committed to, to 13 guys. And uh, now the defense, there's only two defensemen that make more than a million dollars. And they'll have to do some re-signings. Like Brady Shea is going to cost more than that next year. 
his uh, his contract expires. He's a restricted free agent. But they, they, they're going to need to find some people uh, in-house because – yeah, they've got Zaban- like basically as far as the forwards go that you can count on, they've got Zabanajed, Kreider, Zuccarello, Fast, and Butchnevich who are signed. Everyone else needs a new deal. They're going to have to find some people because there just isn't – there isn't a lot on the roster. So I think that we might see them this time of year next year again make moves like this. I think that we might see Matt Zuccarello get traded this summer or next year at the deadline if they're not playing particularly well. So maybe to go out and make a couple of moves – but I just don't know if they're if it's the prudent thing, and they seem to know that if it's the prudent thing they'll try to try to run it back with this group again. And I, I don't think they're going to buy Mark Stahl out, but that contract is a tough one. That was a tough one as soon as it was signed. They made some mistakes with those types of deals. Girardi's is another one that's still paying for. They made some mistakes with some of those those long term contracts. Brendan Smith, by the way, sitting in the minors uh, right now because they signed him to a contract that was questionable as soon as. Uh, as soon as the ink was dry as well. So they've made some mistakes. We will see uh, We will see what they decide to do this summer. But I like what they did the deadline. And I think that taking Bolesky's contract was smart. If, if anything, if, if they could have said to Boston, yeah, we'll take all of Bolesky's contract in exchange for a prospect better than Ryan Lindgren, they should have done it. But I like that they took Bolesky's contract. Yeah, we'll take this $825,000 hit for three years. That's okay. We can, we can make that happen. It was a good move. Does Ryan McDonough put the... Uh eastern conference in a wrap like does that wrap it no. all up in a nice little package for you no because it's hockey and like is tampa bay the, the 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 favorite to win the eastern conference unquestionably mm-hmm. um but here's what i will say about tampa bay's road to the stanley cup depending on how the next couple weeks go their road to the stanley cup finals could be toronto boston pittsburgh yeah that is not easy to do now obviously it could be columbus one of toronto or boston pittsburgh as well so that changes the score a little bit but they're gonna have a tougher road to get there i think than nashville or the jets i think that round one in the west for nashville and the jets is not going to be a particularly onerous situation so to me your tiers of stanley cup contender goes one nashville predators two tampa bay lightning and then there's kind of a third tier where you can put a bunch of teams. I would put Toronto there, Boston, Las Vegas. Um, and, uh, I'm just trying to think if, if – I think that might that might be – oh, and certainly the Penguins. Excuse me, the Penguins as well. And, and those are the teams I put in that tier. I was, I was thinking going back and forth about uh, a couple other teams like maybe the San Jose Sharks with Evander Kane. But no, it's – it's it's those teams. I, I think the Sharks have some holes. So there there are to me tiers of Stanley Cup contender. Nashville, Tampa Bay are, are kind of a one two, and then the third tier is the level of Toronto, Boston, uh, the uh, the Golden Knights, and uh, and and Pittsburgh. That's those are those are kind of the tiers for me. Certainly after the trade deadline, death settles. How dumb is this playoff format that? some combination of the Leafs, the Bruins, and the Lightning are not going to make it to the... Like, one of them's not going to make it to the second round. Yes. And the other... That is, is remarkably dumb. Yeah, is not going to make it to the third round. It is remarkable. they're probably, what, three of the six best teams in the league? I as think... You, you, as you just suggested? Yeah, I, I, yeah, they're certainly three of the six best teams. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there's no way around that. Depends on how you feel about Vegas. I think Vegas is not quite as good as they've looked, but they're legit. I think you could put together an argument that the three of the five best teams. I think you could put together an argument that Toronto, Boston, uh, and Tampa Bay are, are with Nashville and Winnipeg as three of the five best teams in the league. So, yeah, it's not a great format. And if we were doing the old school conference one to eight right now, it depends on how you would align the divisions. But if we were doing the old school conference one to eight right now, the uh, two seed Toronto Maple Leafs would be playing the seven seed New Jersey Devils in round one. Boston would get Pittsburgh, Washington, Philadelphia, Columbus, and Tampa Bay would be your your east your east one to four if we were doing NBA style seeding. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I've suggested it several times in this podcast, and I'll say it again. I don't see how in 2018 and going forward, with all the luxuries that we have afforded to us, that we are still doing stupid crap like having an Eastern and Western Conference and divisions. It does not work or make sense to me in hockey and basketball to do that. Just have the 16 best teams seed them, Here, and you do your. You still have like your regional matchups and whatnot, but here's what I will say. Yeah. Do we want to get into a situation, and they're about to go through some hard times, this may be a bad example. Do we want to get into a situation where just based on the way the ping pong balls shake out and all that stuff, we say, oh, Boston and Montreal are playing in the playoffs? Well, it's the first time that's happened in 14 years. Do we want that? Sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Like, if, if, if the answer's sure, then so be it. Yeah. I just think that those series are pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, um. And like, I suppose it's changed a little bit with the way the conferences have gone back and forth. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just think that I, 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 or let's okay, let's use Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Is that what we want? Again, I, the, maybe the answer is yes, but that's what you have to be prepared to sacrifice to make that happen. Yeah, I, I just I, I mean, if you want to go back to one to eight and still have an East and West, yeah. I, I suppose I'm fine with that. But like, I mean, maybe it makes more sense to do it in the NBA than it does in the in the NHL because the NHL does. Is more it a, needs the rivalries. It needs, it needs the, the rivalries. Needs the rivalries. Yeah. Needs the crapshoot. Whereas the NBA, if you if you go over and look at what they're doing right now, the two best teams in the league, and in my mind, the only two teams that can actually win the NBA title this year are the Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors, and they're going to meet in round in the Eastern or the Western Conference Finals, provided yes. the Rockets don't, you know, you know, Chris Paul and whatnot don't gack on it at some point right here's what i'll say about the nba is that rivalries are more between players and franchises exactly right. so it's a little bit of a different conversation mm-hmm. uh plus you can have rivalries that you, where the teams aren't in the same conference whereas in hockey I, I think that's just about impossible yeah like now going one to 16 in the the nba i think has figuratively only one drawback and that one drawback is if the boston celtics met the los angeles lakers in like round two that would be, it would seem silly. That would be fucking weird. Like that would yes. be so weird. But maybe we we just have a grandfather rule of if if it lines up for those two teams, we just kind of bump them up or down. However it works, <laughs> just because like yeah, we just grandfather those two teams. Just those two and only those two teams. Everybody else has to just take it as it lies. But the Celtics and Lakers are are not allowed to meet unless it's for a title. And then we just we just grandfather that in in the NBA. Um, Thomas Tatar. <laughs> I don't understand what the the Golden Knights are thinking. And look, they've had this really nice year, and it's been fun, and cool stuff has happened for them. 
but I don't for the life of me understand why they thought trading draft picks is is the is the right move at this time. I know they had a whole lot of them, and I understand that some people would say, well, you can't have that many prospects. And it's true. Eventually, you run out of standard player contracts and all those things, and they had all these draft picks. I, I don't dispute that. But that's a lot to give up for a guy who's, who's 27. He signed for four more years at 5.3. He's having a tough year. Clearly, they're thinking that things are going to be a little bit better for him once he gets to Vegas. Um, but it's it's that's a, a bizarre deal, and I, I think that that's the first time the Red Wings have run a tor- won a trade in a long time that I can like, I yeah. cannot remember the last time I looked at the Red Wings trade and th- and, and my first thought was oh yeah def- Detroit got the better end of that. It's been a while. Yeah, that like a first, a second, and a third for Thomas Tatar, who I honestly I've never thought was was very good. I don't know what the the, the advanced puck stats say on him and and whether or not he moves the puck. He's he's fine. He's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he's 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 not a superstar, but yeah. he's fine. But you know what? People would have said that about Riley Smith going into this year, and he yeah. gets there as a superstar. So who knows? And if you uh, if you'd have called me up and said like it, it like. If if I was uh, asked for Thomas Tatar and you're the Red Wings manager, Craig, and you say I want a first, a second, and a third, I laugh in your face and then I say I will give you a fourth, like a fourth, uh, maybe. I, like, I think I that he's got more. I think he's got more value than that. I think if it was, uh, you know, mm-hmm. even if it's you know a two, a three, and a four. Yeah. Sure. It's just that that first round pick's a little bit weird for a team that again they they used three first rounders this past year, but they're they're not going to have one this year. And I know what the argument's going to be. The argument's going to be, well, that pick is going to be you know, let's just say even if they don't make the conference finals, that pick is twenty seven. Mm-hmm. And I understand that's the argument that that pick is number twenty seven. But like, uh, but. Again, this is the NBA versus the, the 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 NHL thing. This is the difference in these two things. The 27th pick in the NBA means trash. In the NHL, you can find oh, guys oh, anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Anywhere in the like look at look at your Leafs. Like two of your best prospects are, are Garrett Sparks and uh, and oh god, I'm blanking on the other guy. But uh, yeah, you're thinking of Travis Dermott, I think. In Dermot, yeah, and, and they were both seventh round picks. Uh, no, no, Dermott was a second. Dermot was a second. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Well, that actually, in a uh, somewhat strange twist, the the Leafs got the pick that got them Dermot and Jeremy Brocco. The, mm-hmm. Those two picks from trading down out of the first round with the draft pick they got from Nashville for the Cody France and things. So mm-hmm. uh, that is looking pretty good right now. Uh, but yeah, if, you can find guys at that part of the draft for sure. And that to me is one of the latest spots in the draft where. I think that once you get to sort of to the midway midway to second round is when you get more into lottery ticket territory. It's just if this if this is the trade where we look back with like in in three years because it's going to take a little bit because you still got to draft well and you still got to develop well. But if we look back in like four years and the Red Wings are all of a sudden the Red Wings again, and and we look back and we go, oh, it's because they fleece the Golden Knights, giving getting three picks, including a first for Thomas Tatar. I'm gonna be very upset, Vegas. I'm gonna be very upset, George McPhee. Like I'm just. Oh, and, and Vegas, I think, should soak it in. Soak what they've got going right now. Breathe it in nice and deep and hope for a hope for a nice long run because ultimately this freaky expansion team being the first in the Western Conference is going to sink their franchise in, in two or three years. And, they, and, and they're going to be, oh, they, I don't know. They still got a lot. Of, maybe I'm wrong on that because they still got a lot of picks, enough that they can just 
hand him over yeah. the Red Wings, apparently, for Thomas Tatar. Yeah, it's... Uh, I, I think that... that... They got some nice players in that expansion draft. I think guys that are going to be good for a while. But yeah, it's it might be it might be fleeting. It's just it, it's like how stupid is it that obviously this is the most you know this is the most successful expansion franchise that has ever existed because you know the NHL GMs just don't know how to run drafts and whatnot basically. But man, the. For, for an expansion team to not have their first round pick in the second draft as a as a team like that's just that's that's obscene it's yeah, absolutely but obscene here's here, here's the thing though and this is what we were talking about usually your first round pick in your second draft is the teams in the top five it's not 27 yeah it's true and considering the Which state is, again Pacific, more obscene like I'm saying yeah, right? yeah. yeah considering the state of the Pacific division right now who's to say they don't reach the conference finals if they do it's 29. Very true, and, you know? and and everybody's banking right now on like um that they uh, apparently like everyone thinks that they have some magic pixie dust. I haven't really checked the Corsi numbers. I remember they were pretty good about a month ago for Vegas. Um, I'm not sure if that's maintained, but the thing that everybody's banking on right now is the fact that Las Vegas has no playoff pedigree, right? Which to me, again, this is the third time I'll bring this up. This, this is that's a, like playoff pedigree is an NBA thing. It is not an NHL thing. In an NHL thing, a goalie can get stupid hot, and it doesn't matter. Like how much playoff pedigree did Yaroslav Halak make when, have when when the Habs were making three one comebacks against Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin in back to back series? Like, yeah. Like, like play, playoff pedigree has in, in the NHL has like in, it, it, that has zero weight to me. Absolutely zero weight. Like your Leafs didn't have any playoff pedigree last year, and they went toe to toe with that, with that Washington team that you know has oodles and oodles of playoff experience, right? Like it just yep. that has no weight for me in, in the NHL. So I don't know for for those of you that are saying, oh, once Vegas gets to the playoffs, it's going to be over. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I... Thomas Placanic. Member of the like, how weird was it to see him in the, the other night in a, in a Leafs jersey with it with a brand spanking new turtleneck? Uh, it was very weird, very very weird, but it was okay. I was I was very happy about it. Like they was like I said, it's 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 a good move. He's a guy they needed, and I'm uh, I'm pumped. It's uh, it's it, it, I, it just it just makes the team a lot better. And the other thing that it does is if something were to happen to Kadri or Matthews in the playoffs, like. Uh, They'd probably be in real trouble no matter what, but at least gives them someone who you can move up and down the lineup a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think I I thought it was a trade. You you weren't as high on Valiev. Is that how you pronounce? I'm pretty sure it's Valiev. Yep. Valiev and Reichel as as I was in the deal. Like I I think that because uh, obviously they're like what the f- like Reichel is like your 15th best winger or whatever, but. Uh, that's the thing that the like that's a luxury the Leafs can afford is giving away guys like Reichel and Valiev, I think because you've just been drafting and, and acquiring assets so well over the last five years that basically since the Shanahan era took over and whereas the Montreal Canadiens have not and their cupboard is pretty bare so getting getting guys that I think down the line can at least be depth players that won't be trash for the Habs. I think it's it was it was a weird trade deadline cuz other than the the aforementioned Thomas Tatar deal, I I think this was the draft of deals that made sense for both sides. 
in in a lot of cases, and and I think this was one of them. Yeah, no, the, the, this was definitely a, a. There wasn't anyone other than the Golden Knights, and again, I sort of understand what they were doing. They're they're thinking yeah, there's, themselves. There's some loose logic behind what. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Were doing. Other than the Golden Knights, there was no one who I said, oh yeah, that was, that was something that just made zero sense to me. There were a couple of guys who went for less than I thought they would. Evander Kane was one of them, but clearly there was no guaranteed first round pick out there for the sharks because if there was they would i mean for the not for the sharks but for the sabers because if there was they would have taken it mm-hmm. so basically they get a draft pick that's going to be not not necessarily the best one but whatever from the sharks for kane the guy they the, the prospect they got isn't a whole lot um so i was surprised by the return on kane but i i suppose that was just the best deal that was out there. The only indefensible thing would be, it would have been to not move Evander Kane if you were the Sabres. Yeah. I mean, moving, I, I would, I think the biggest mistake made on like the biggest mistake made again, other than Thomas Tatar for, for a first, a second and a third was not making moves with some guys. Like I think Mike Hoffman not moving was a mistake. I think Matt Pacioretty not moving, the Habs not moving him was a mistake. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if Hoffman was necessarily a mistake because at some point you need someone to play for Ottawa next year in a year where they may not have a first round pick, so there's no reason to tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if Hoffman was necessarily a mistake, and I think that's a guy that you might be able to get a better return on later on. Uh, Pacioretty, I do think, was a mistake because you were trading for two playoff runs with Mac Pacioretty, and now you're just getting one. Um, I, I And Montreal, I think we know what their situation is going to be next year, and it's not going to be great. Uh, Carlson, not necessarily a mistake because if you weren't getting okay. that godfather offer mm-hmm. – then what was the point? To me, the mistake would have been taking a significantly lesser return so the other team takes Bobby Ryan. And apparently that the fact that we heard that Vegas was the closest team, now that would have been a sensible move for Vegas if they gave a bunch of picks for Eric Carlson because yeah. you think to yourself, how often does Eric Carlson come available? You can do what you need to do. Um, but if you look at Vegas's situation, them taking Bobby Ryan and then in exchange for that, having to, getting a discount Eric Carlson, is not something that uh, is not something that would have been objectionable at all from Ottawa's perspective. If you're taking a lesser return because you wanted to unload that ridiculous contract, that would have been a really, really bad move. You're trading a franchise player in the mold of Eric Carlson. You get everything you can get. And maybe everything goes better. And they can re-sign him this summer. I don't think so. I think that he's done with Eugene Melnick, but we'll see. Well, since we're getting into Eric Carlson right now, since Thomas Tatar fetched a first, second, and a third, what would you be, and I agree with everything you said about Eric Carlson, if you're trading a generational guy like that, which I don't know why you would. Um, well, it, you do it because you know he's not coming back because he hates true. the owner. Yeah, that's true. That, it's just That's that's why you do complete it. Complete mess, absolute mess that, yeah. they, that they've created himself. And, and we'll, we'll get into Eugene Melnick in a second. But um, if, if Thomas Tatar gets a first, second, and a third, and you have to, you're forced to trade Eric Carlson and you're running the Ottawa Senators, what is the bare minimum you are, you're asking for with Eric Carlson, Craig? So you're going to – you're asking to, – to me, you get the same package of draft picks. You pick one, You say to Vegas, we want to pick one of your first round guys from last year. So Nick Suzuki, uh, Brandstrom, or Cody Glass. 
and they're taking Ryan's contract. If, if, if that's what the senator's big motivation was, I think that would have been a mistake. But their big motivation was you're taking Ryan's contract. Then that's the, the package you asked for, because you can't ask the Golden Knights for much more than that. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I, it's just God. The Carlson thing is so weird. Is like here's what I was thinking about: is is Eric Carlson the best player that has ever been on the block at the deadline in the history of the game? Yes. Like, like I can't, I can't even think of anything even no. remotely close to this. No, and if you t- factor in which what his age, no, there's there's never been anything like that before. Yeah, like, that's never happened. Like I was I was sitting there going like. Obviously, as an avalanche, I think fan. you could hypothetically, like the, the circumstances were very different. Mm-hmm. But you could hypothetically say in 2001 when the Flyers were doing the a little bit of an auction on Lindros, and then Lindros changed the auction by saying, "I'm only willing to go to one team." Mm-hmm. Uh, Lindros, 2001, Eric Lindros, uh, yeah, he had been banged up a little bit, but we're still like, oh, okay, that guy's one of the best players in the world. So yeah. I think that might be the comparator. And the other reason it's a comparator is because off-ice stuff was the only reason it was occurring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if, if, if Eric Lindros and Bobby Clark were getting along, that never would have happened. Exactly, Whereas yeah. if Eugene Melnick wasn't an idiot, the Carlson sweepstakes never would have happened, no matter how bad the Senators were. So, yeah, it's... Uh, that 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 to me is a somewhat reasonable comparable, but Lindros hadn't even been playing that year because of the holdout, so it was somewhat ridiculous. But yeah, and I know where you're going, Ray Bork. Is that where you're going, Ray? Oh God, no! Like I I have no like any kind of. I I I mean like as far as like this guy's career is like. Oh, you know, can he be Ray Bork? No, no, no. I mean, as far as when we look back, when Eric Carlson is done, will we say that's a, a not dissimilar career to Ray Bork's, and that's oh, yeah. where you're coming with the Avalanche uh, comparison. Uh, oh, no, that, I, that's, that's where I thought you were going with that. No, no, no. I was going to say I wanted the Avalanche to like sell the farm for oh, yeah. for Eric Carlson was, was was what it was. I I was thinking as long as if you could make a deal that doesn't involve like like if they're asking for Tyson Berry, like move Tyson Berry, like and I love sure. loves me some Tyson Berry. Like I don't give a crap. But, but it's like as long as the name Nathan McKinnon isn't being moved. Whatever yeah. you got to give up to get Eric Carlson, if you're if you're the Avalanche. I think that if done. you're the Senators, there, mm-hmm. you ask for your own first round pick back. <laughs> yeah, which is what uh, like, I, I texted you. I floated that idea to you, and and we had a good laugh about that for like twenty minutes of, of yeah. just like, what if we could somehow talk them, given like basically trick them. It basically would be like a Jedi mind trick move if if we were able to give them back their own first and get Carlson right. Yes. Uh, yeah, that would have been bizarre. I think you asked for your own first round pick mm-hmm. back. Um, I think you at least have to ask the Avalanche about Rantanen. Yeah. If I'm the Avalanche, I, I know that Ottawa's desperate, so I don't do it. Because mm-hmm. I think Rantanen's pretty good. Um, and to, th- this is where that negotiation gets difficult. Because once you get past Rantanen, if that is uh, if that is going to be if if I just don't know what the next piece is if it's not going to be Rantanen. To me, I would honestly like they like this is a franchise that once gave two first round picks two years in a row away for Varlamov. I would give two first round picks two years away in a row for I would give them back theirs and I would have given ours in two thousand nine in twenty nineteen. 
and and like I don't know, like Tyson Berry or Tyson Jost or something like that. Yeah, Jost I guess would would have been the the next most valuable piece in the organization yeah. beyond Rantanen. So yeah, I guess there's a conversation. So like I, I, I now yeah. here's the other question that you have to ask you for the Avalanche. Do you think you can win the Stanley Cup this year with Eric Carlson in your lineup? This year, no, but. And so and so one of the things that you're requiring at this deadline is two playoff runs with Eric Carlson. Yeah. You're not even sure you're going to get that this year. Now, yeah, now Where, this is now this same conversation happens mm-hmm. this summer yeah. when you're trading for one playoff run of Eric Carlson, which you'll be far more likely to get with 82 games of him. Yeah. Eh, okay. Yeah, now now I'm saying I like bet moving the farm for him. I'm also this is also predicating on I have a a nudge nudge wink wink with Eric Carlson that he's going to resign with the Avalanche for whatever, right? That that would be my deal, but I I don't know. I assume that would be tampering or whatever, but but uh, yeah, not for not for two years. Like I think I think you can if you could get him into if you could trade him, you've got a year to woo him and then try to get him to resign. And if he gets out of Ottawa, like it just might be like, you know, holy hell, it doesn't have to be like this all the time, right? And then yep. and, and maybe he'd be willing to stay. I just think, yeah, and that, that's the thing is. Yeah, yeah, it's one heck of a gamble to give up all that stuff if you're mm-hmm. thinking maybe he'd be willing to stay. Whereas if you're Tampa Bay, you're thinking to yourself, we're there. We know we, yeah. we, we're there, so we yeah. get two runs with him. If you're Vegas, you're thinking to yourself, we're an expansion team. We have a chance to acquire a generational talent. Mm-hmm. So this is essentially what we have to do. And not that Denver, Colorado is a bad place to live. Of course it's not. But I think if you're Eric Carlson, you're going to a contending team in Las Vegas. You get this new franchise. You're the mm-hmm. face of the franchise instantly. Not that I just I think that it's a it's a little bit of a different conversation. Here's to me what you, what might happen a little bit different this summer is the Edmonton Oilers get in. Okay. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to see if uh, the Oilers because if yeah still if you're be a tire fire with McDavid and Carlson right like yes that, that'd be that'd it's be, possible yeah it's that'd possible. be fun to watch yeah. I mean, if if Eric Carlson's moving this summer, like I I do not think he suits up in October 2018 for the Ottawa Senators. I'll say that. Where do you think he's most likely to end up if he does move? Just right now, just Craig Needles as a Tampa one, Bay, Tampa still Bay? Tampa Bay. You still Tampa if Tampa, Bay, you think? Well, no, 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 no. You know what? No, I take that back. It's not Tampa Bay because a lot of the some of the parts that would have gone to Ottawa just went to the Rangers. Yeah. Um, and also, if the if the Lightning like they're gonna have a shot as good as anybody's got right now. If if they win it right now, do you, I don't think you you bring in Eric Carlson coming off a world uh, off a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Or maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe you try to go. Let's win it for this guy, right? But. But but uh, who knows? I don't know. I I don't think I would then sell the farm. I think I would stand pat if I had just won the because they're going to be able to bring most of the guys back minus McDonough, right? Well, McDonough they they have next year a four point whatever. Oh, anyway. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. He's not expiring. so that added to the value. Right. He's right, not expiring right, right. at all. Yeah. So yeah, I just think that you know if you don't have a first round pick the next two years, which is possible depending on how they do in the playoffs this year, it's going to be real real tough to uh, to get Eric Carlson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So may so it's not Tampa Bay. Maybe it is the Oilers. What if if you're the Chicago Blackhawks? Let's say the Chicago Blackhawks win the lottery this year, and they have the number one pick. Would you could, could they conceivably get Eric Carlson, who they know is a known commodity for a team that pretty much just had an off year? If you're the Chicago Blackhawks and can get right back on the horse, could you dangle just Rasmus Dahlin to the Ottawa Senators for Eric Carlson? Oh yeah. 
But I don't know if I would do that if I were the team with Rasmus Dahlin. It's true. It's tough to say. It's just if you're the Chicago, like the Chicago Blackhawks are one of the teams that might consider doing it, right? Because like, no, here's the, here's the thing with Chicago. Chicago, you, mm. you can't do it with Chicago because you you simply can't resign them. Yeah, that's true. They are up against it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, does Bettman step in on Eugene Melnick at all, Craig? <sighs> if he gets a new, uh, he can't do it. Like, there's they're in talks for a new rink in Ottawa right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think he can do it until the new rink thing happens. That said, if I'm an Ottawa city councilor and I have to make a choice about, um, I have to make a choice about uh, whether I want to have city funds help out you know, senators building a rink. A, I don't do it because uh, those deals typically work out poorly for municipalities. But B, do I want to do that for Eugene Melnick? Or do I say, do I call Gary Bettman and Bill Daly and say, look, we can do this, but you've got to, like, this ownership situation, we're not doing it now. You find us some stable, intelligent ownership, we can talk about it. But this, no way. Is that a conversation that you have with the NHL? I think it has to be. Mm-hmm. Like, and you can't do it through official channels, obviously. And obviously, Bettman can't, you know, force Melnick to sell the team. But you can do stuff behind the scenes. And if I'm them, that's how it goes. Yeah. I say, I'm not building a rink for a Eugene Melnick-owned team, I want to build a rink for a team that has a chance to be competitive with Eugene Melnick as the owner right now. Simply, it's not happening. Now, of course, the Melnick would argue we'll be more competitive with the rink, which, yeah, maybe, but no, you're still... like Whether Eugene Melnick has a few extra dollars in his pocket doesn't change whether Eugene Melnick's an idiot, and he remains an idiot. Yeah. Um, so do you think there's a chance that in the future we're, we're watching some Ottawa city council meetings on on the three letter and the eight letter much like we we used to do with phoenix oh, yeah. back in the day <laughs> oh god yes I, I i think that's possible it's not going to be quite the same because i don't think it's going to be whether the team stays or goes it's on mm-hmm. the line I really don't think that that's going to get to that point but um <laughs> but either way it's it's there like it's up for it's it's up for debate as to whether or not they'll do that um mike green was another guy i was surprised didn't move I thought that was a... To me, I've read a couple of different things about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, One, that, and this is, I think Pierre Lebrun reported this, Green's been out of the lineup a little bit with a neck injury. Yeah, that was was the big one, yeah. Yeah, a lot of teams are saying, I don't know about this. Now, to me, that's an easy problem to solve, is you trade Detroit a conditional fifth for Mike Green, and if he plays 65% of your playoff games and you make round two, it becomes a second. Mm -hmm. That's that's how you solve that problem. Uh, here's why it didn't go that way. Because Green essentially said Tampa Bay and Washington. Yeah. He, he, and, he overtly said he didn't want to go to Toronto, right? Didn't he? I, I don't know if that was overt, but he, I, he there were a lot of reporters that had that. Yeah. And apparently he and Mike Babcock have had some issues over the years with uh, Team Canada tryout camps. Right, yeah. That was Mike a big did not make. Mm-hmm. Now, be clear, Mike. Mike Babcock's Canada teams won gold medals both times, so maybe he wasn't out to lunch. And yeah, uh, and he also and he was also pooling from you know like like he wasn't. It wasn't Mike Green versus Roman Polak. It was Mike Green versus PK Subban and yeah, Drew Doughty yeah, and yeah, et cetera, exactly. Et cetera, right? yeah. It becomes real tough to make that team. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, if he didn't want to come to the Leafs, fine. I don't know if Green was necessarily the fit for the Leafs. Yes, they needed a right shot defenseman, mm-hmm. but the one of the main portions of Green's value is the way he can run a power play and the Leafs have Jake Gardner and Morgan Riley. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? They didn't. Th- that was not necessarily a need. Mm-hmm. So I think that was more of a need for a second play, uh, like the second power play unit in Tampa Bay, like the non-headman unit. He could, Green, Mike Green could have really helped that. Washington, the uh, same thing with the non-Carlson unit. They, Green could have really helped that. So. Big shout out to Kevin Cheveldayoff for finally pulling the trigger on a trade deadline. Getting, getting hey, that was pay. a nice deal. Yeah, I know. And another uh, one that works out for both sides, I think. Yeah, I like that. Now, if I, I get why Braden Shen is pissed off at Blues management. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, because they're, yeah, yeah. their little five-game losing streak or whatever feels like, like it, it's, it seems a little reactionary to that little five-game losing streak that yeah. they had right before the deadline. Now, my hot take would be the five-game losing streak justified it, but Blues management was thinking this team doesn't have the goods before yeah. that even occurred. And the Blues always choke anyway, so you might as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Might as well move it. And like, we also get to see Stasny playing between Patrick Line and and Ellers, right? So, woo. yes, yeah, no, I think that the Jets are really good. I think Winnipeg, Nashville, like that again. This is a second round series for some reason. I guess it would have, based on how well Vegas has done this season, it would have been a second round series no matter what. Yeah. But Winnipeg and Nashville is going to be a real fun playoff series. I'm very yeah. excited for it. Just like. And think about – let's just say that that is a second-round series, Winnipeg versus Nashville. Think about the buildings in that series. Oh, yeah. So That's going to be insane. The whiteout times two. Insane. Yeah, like the whiteout is like both Like the, the both fans buildings. are going to be going nuts in both places. It's going to be – it's yeah. going to be – really incredible to watch so i very much hope that series happens and and, and looking at the standings right now uh, winnipeg and nashville obviously you, you're going to want to win the central because mm-hmm. i um but i i would be surprised if they didn't meet up in round two just based on what the uh the path is like in front of them because as of right now the predators would be facing the kings and winnipeg would be facing minnesota in round one, I feel pretty confident in those two teams winning those series. The Avalanche kept their <laughs> trade deadline streak alive with a hilarious nothing trade. Sixteen straight years, Craig. We're like the Undertaker. We just keep we just keep that streak going. <laughs> so, yep. So dumb. Um, Vander Kane. You mentioned him earlier. We didn't really talk about it. Uh, the only thing I have to say about the Vander Kane trade is uh, free free Jack Eichel. That's all I have to say. Hashtag free Jack Eichel. That, that's yeah. the, the only thing I can I, I have to contribute to. I don't know if you have anything you want to add to Vander Kane or. Here's here's what happened with the Sabers and people have talked about this online. Mm-hmm. When the Leafs burned it down for a couple years, yeah. they had some injuries. They had some bad shooting luck. They had some bad goaltending. Mm-hmm. And they burned it down, and they got Austin Matthews from burning it down. But they didn't get rid of Nazem Kadri, Morgan Riley, Jake Gardner, piece, players that are really important pieces. James Van Rienzyk, players that are really important pieces and why the Leafs are one of the best teams in the league this season. They didn't do that. Buffalo didn't have players like that and then burned it down to nothing. They tore it down to the studs. And then they're sitting around wondering, hey, wait a minute, why don't we have any good players? Well, you got rid of them all, and you 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 got basically you tank too hard, you tank too hard. And Ristolainen is miscast, the number one defenseman. The rest of the defense is just is 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 brutal. They didn't have enough good forwards. Clearly, uh, Eichel's there for a long time. He's signed that big money deal. But we'll we'll see how quickly quickly they can get things turned around. They need to find some guys to fill things in on the margins quick. 
Otherwise, Eichel's going to get pretty pissed off, and understandably so. Yeah, it's so weird. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention when we were talking about the, the Paul Stasny deal. Um, Winnipeg Jets, get this fan base a home playoff win. For the love of God, just like just one, like like a playoff series win, when and more would be nice, but just a home playoff win for those bands and the white T-shirts, right? Come on, yeah. now. Like just just get them, just get them one. Um, anything else to add about trade deadline, Craig? Any, anything else you want to? Uh, no, I think that uh, I'm pretty much good to go there. Uh, I again, I, I think that the Nashville Predators are the best team in the league. Oh uh, yeah. That well, you doesn't... and I, you and I are kind of Nashville Predators hipsters, for lack of a better well, term. I, right? I did like, have them winning the Stanley Cup last yeah, year. Yeah, we I... both did. We, we, yeah, and and uh, we we had them beating Chicago. There were there were two lone voices, you know, in in a in a dark corner of of the hockey Twitter somewhere saying, "Hey, I think that Nashville is going to beat the Blackhawks in the series." And and we were we were those voices, and boy, were we laughed at. But. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We well. Right. Yeah. Uh, no. It, uh, they're just. Uh, they're a really good team. They're a very well coached team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Very. Very good. Um, Leafs thoughts. Confidence level going forward. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think they're one of the five best teams in the league, but I'm not sure they get out of round one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, like God, this playoff <laughs> format is so dumb. It's so dumb. Like basically... that, that, so. Like, like, like the Leafs, like, let's say the Leafs are rock. The Bruins are like, they're, they're paper, but it, it's paper that, that can be broken by, that can be ripped through by rock. <laughs> yeah. Is, is I, what I'll say. Right. Yeah. Like, and same with the lightning. Like if I were you, I'd rather see the Bruins than the lightning. Cause the, the, the light, the Bruins are a little bit more, uh, you know, to quote, uh, whiplash, uh, your speed and tempo. Right. As yeah. opposed to, as opposed to the lightning. But, uh, Either way, yeah, it just this playoff format. So, yeah, my so yeah, that's that, that my confidence level is. I think the Leafs are clearly one of the five best teams in the NHL. Yeah, and I don't know if they're going to get around one. Yeah, that's my confidence level. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's it's really dumb. And like, remember back in the day when we used to have like, like obvi- like the, the the days of the Avalanche making the playoffs every every single year, and me just being like. You know, I'll casually watch them, but then once the playoffs start, that's when I'll really ratchet it up, right? And, and yeah. like those days have, have have come and gone, and and will hopefully return one day, but don't seem like they're gonna come back anytime soon. But like, you would always get those first round draft, those first round matchups, right? And 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 the Avalanche would have home ice, and they'd be playing like the old like Dan Cloutier, Vancouver Canucks, right before the the Canucks were about to get really good, and. You know, you would get those like sweeps in those five game series when you were clearly better than the other team, and it was just like that was your comeuppance for just being so much better in the regular season than ninety five percent of the teams in the league. And it's just like to have that gone with this dumbass format, and 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 to see like a Bruins Leafs or a Lightning Leafs matchup happen in the first round, it's just it's so stupid. It's it's just this format was dumb the second they they implicated it. Everybody thought it was stupid. I mean, for, for I would have I would have been second, able to. I thought maybe it'd be good because it'd be easier to get rivalry matchups, but it just hasn't worked out like that at all. Yeah, you know, you're you're right. It hasn't yet, and I don't know. Maybe in a couple years it will. Uh, but I think that the wild card thing makes it a little bit silly. It, it decreases the odds of that happening. Yeah. 
So maybe have... maybe once you have a team in Seattle, the wild card goes away. Just the top four teams from each division battle it out. Yeah, you you yeah. can't have the wild card and have three point hockey games. You just can't. You have to have one or the other. So you have to go down to like a overtime or shoot, or you have to go down to like a shootout win is only worth one point. It, it, and and that's it. Oh yeah. And playoff wins. Totally and, agree. With that. Yeah. And o- overtime wins are worth two. Shootout wins are worth one. And losses are you, there's no loser point. Losses you get nothing, regardless of how you win or lose. And yeah, I don't know. No, yeah. Uh, no. I I would love them to go to three for regulation win, two for overtime or shootout win, one for overtime shootout loss, zero for regulation loss. That I would love that, but I don't think it's gonna happen. No. Now, I've got a hot take. I love hot takes. Yeah. So Seattle's gonna have a, an NHL team relatively. You would think they're going to collect a big expansion check for that, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty safe bet. By, I, okay. I expect sometime before 2020, there's going to be a Seattle Sounders team or something. Or yeah. just call them the Seattle Supersonics again. Who gives a shit? Yeah, that's fine with me. Uh, I think that the NBA might be a little bit ticked off, but let's just say you didn't. <laughs> what if, once there are 32 teams, you go to an NFL-style eight divisions, four teams per division? Yeah. And then, what you, that? and then you win your division, and then just have the same playoff setup, win your division, and you're in. And no, I, I, I say we, we go, but we still go back to to one to eight. But this is how you do the schedule. Then you play the teams in your division six times each, home so three home, three away. Mm-hmm. You play the teams outside your division within your conference four times each, two home, two away, and then. I think I, I had this mapped out in my head, and then you play uh, a one, one and one against the teams on the other side. Uh, maybe it's a, a five times each thing or three times each for within your own conference. Either way, I've I've sort of worked out what the divisions would be in my head, so they're not as geographically ridiculous as they are right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I think that that's something you could really do. So if you put in Seattle with the Oilers, Flames, and Canucks, uh, you put the California team, three California teams plus Arizona. You put Vegas, Dallas, Colorado, and like, ugh, yeah, I guess the Blues. Then you know you can do Nashville, Chicago, Minnesota, Winnipeg. It, it, it breaks down relatively easily. You do the three uh, Eastern Canadian teams plus you know pick one of the Red Wings or Buffalo. It, it, it breaks down easier than you might think. So I, I kind of like that idea as far as the divisions being less ridiculous. You make it a little more competitive, and then you. Do one to eight playoff seeds once again, um, and you can keep your those rivalries because the teams are in the same division. They're playing a lot. I like it, and I think they should pay us for this idea. Is is what I think. Did you happen to catch PK Subban's Kung Lao hat? Yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I couldn't pull it off, but uh, he's, no. he certainly did. It definitely looked like you could kill somebody with it, though. That that. I oh, for sure. That. Yeah. Yeah, no um, way around that. <laughs> uh, the Olympics. Uh, normally, when the Olympics come on, you and I enjoy our coming on to this podcast and going, hey, here's the events we'd get rid of <laughs> podcast. Um, but uh, overall, I thought I thought a pretty good Winter Olympics. Uh, the, the weird thing about it was, as you and I are from Kenyatta up here, um, Canada had a, a fantastic Olymp- Olympics. What did they finish? Tied for second or something with Germany when it was all said and done? I, d- I don't remember exactly. Uh, they, no, they, no, they weren't tied for second. They were just behind the Germans for second, but they oh, uh, okay. 29 medals is their best, best output of all time. It's yeah. pretty good. And we were, we were unequivocally better than the Americans, but the problem is the Americans won 
I think the the metals that we covet the most, namely the uh, the curling. I've got a hot I've got a hot take. Okay. Based yeah, I... on legacies and things along those lines, mm-hmm. if if you were to say to me, hey, which one gold medal do you? I, I clearly would have. I probably would have said women's hockey, but I would have at least considered saying ice dance. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, here's the thing: this ice dance, and I really want to get into the into the ice dance. The, it, once uh, Moyer and Virtue are no longer with us, as far as Olympics wise. Yeah. Will we be as attached to that ice dancing medal? Oh, God, no. Right. But I think that the the greatest Canadian Olympians of all time, which I truly believe they are, okay, going out with a gold medal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that 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 that's got a nice that, that's got a nice little legacy thing. That we was, weren't gonna, yeah. we weren't going to keep winning that game against the Americans every single time forever. No, and you know the Americans got to win one. It's got to be a rivalry at some point, yeah. right? And yeah, they got. They, yeah, they got to win one of the like. You know, they won at the worlds and things like that. But they got to win yeah. the, the the big one from time to time. Otherwise, yeah. it's not quite the same. Exactly. So and I think I think, that, I think that if I thought these things through, and someone said to me, yeah. "You can guarantee Canada one gold medal in the Olympics, pick an event." I think I would have said ice dance. And again, I'm someone who does a radio show in London where yeah. Scott, even before the Olympics, Scott Moyer and Tessa Virtue were the most popular citizens. Now they're the most popular citizens in all of Canada. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, although here's what I'll say. Like, here's how popular they got. They they got so popular that there were American, American, which, you know, has always been, like, our weird thing of, like, like Canada's always had this weird thing of, I don't quite understand it, but we look to the Americans for, like, validation on, on some of our, our things. And there, there was, like, tons of, of weirdly creepy American coverage wondering whether or not Scott Moyer was going to propose at the end, of, like in in like like in the judges' booth while they're waiting for their scores, and then it's like, hey, we want to go. Like it was really weird. Like yeah, like, what a like, stupid time to do that because yeah. you're about to have one of the great moments of your life or a, like a devastating moment. Yeah, uh, yeah, screw you, American announcers. And and what I will say, they got back to London. They landed at the airport, and one of my colleagues from the the radio station was there with them, and it was a crazy atmosphere. A lot of great fans and that stuff. But you know, that, you know, reporters are asking the stupid questions about that stuff there yeah, too. Like just like let them let them effing win a competition. Yeah. Let them bask the glory of that. Why does so this crap have to be? I get dumb. that there's the narrative there, and you can make jokes about it. Like the people that are making jokes about it on Twitter. That's yeah. fine, but yeah. leave them alone. You yeah. know, it's, yeah. it, and it's based on what? Nothing. It's it. They're, they're literally. It's based like, on they do sexy dancing on skates together. Yeah, they do, and they're and everyone on Twitter and and the Americans down like and the American the guys down south are, are like they're just they're playing the role of the old school marm who's like who wants to see the young kids hook up and it's like what the hell is that like and it was just based on weirdly nothing right <laughs> just man oh. It was, I just I, I was like we're, the fact that American things uh, were 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 there there were American outlets that were doing it just had me absolutely shook like I, I was I was shook it was so it was so weird um, uh, our ladies coming up short in the uh, in in the shootout was a little uh, that's fr- it's a frustrating way to lose yeah I mean the I Americans that if it wasn't for Sabatos that game wouldn't have gone to a shootout. Yeah. I, well, there was also the turnover, like the, like the, turnover, oh, the, 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 the line change. Was yeah. The, the line that change was, was bad. that was really, really lousy. If that doesn't happen, we win that game two one, I think, unless the Americans score with the net empty, that that's what it would have come down to without that. But like yeah, the Americans, like the, uh, weirdly, the dumbest outcome of that game is Canada winning the, in the shootout because the Americans dominated that OT. And if we won in the shootout, it would have been a little tainted because we were, it looked like our girls were sucking on win. 
And they, for some reason, like, and the reason we were sucking on wind is because for whatever reason with the four-on-four, four, I don't know why they, they do that. With the four-on-four, four, they, they were unwilling to trust, like, the young rookie girls, that like, the, the younger girls on that team who had the fresh legs, which, obviously, hindsight being what it is, we, we would have given them more of a shot, right? I think to yeah. give them some minutes. Yeah, game. no, I, 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 we, we shortened our bench too much in that game. Yeah, I, yeah, we yeah. absolutely. Now the Americans did too, but not quite as much. But uh, like they also had Coin, who was still fresh as a daisy in that overtime, right? Like, like just yeah. like they also weren't killing penalties for the first half of the game, so that, that <laughs> there's that too. There that contributed to, um, to the to the fatigue, but uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's fair to say the Americans a little bit deeper. I still, were, I think yeah. at the at the this year's version of the game, mm-hmm. like at the, at the very top. Um, they uh, the, the, the talent's about the same, but I think the Americans have a little more depth right now. Yeah, I, I think so too. But I'm I'm looking. Toulon's still the best player in the world. Yeah, and I'm lo- no looking forward that. to this rivalry for the rest of my life. Quite frankly, it's it's oh yeah. Tremendous. Now I, I I would like it. Like Sweden obviously got the U.S. once in '06. Yeah, I would like it if every now and then in Olympics or at a Worlds, you mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be every year that they're super competitive. But like if there was a golden generation of Finnish women mm-hmm. or Swedish women or something along those Anywhere lines, but I think yeah, I think <laughs> Finland's the most likely right now. Um, so if there's a golden generation of, of, of Finnish women that you know can can play with a generation of Canadian and U.S. women, that would be great. I would love that. And here's the other thing. I've seen some stories about this. Maybe China's the next spot. If China gets into women's hockey, because mm-hmm. they've got a lot of talented athletes there, clearly. They've got a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, so I, I that, that'd be neat if China got involved, too. It would be a little bit of a callback to the whole yeah. 70s. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That would be, but also China would need China would need like a they'd need to find someone from North America, I think, to come over and, and coach and get systems going there, wouldn't they? Like just just yeah. off the top of my head, I'm just, I'm just thinking that. Uh, like, yeah, <laughs> and I think that, I think that they've got some people that are do, they're doing that. Yeah. So see, I don't think this is a short term thing by any stretch. I think that we're talking about you know yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. Of Olympic cycles down the road. But if yeah. China were to really heavily invest in having a really good women's hockey team and invest in in women's or, or girls hockey at, at the at the young age, uh, that would be really cool. I'd be very excited about that. Yeah, I I completely agree because it it is just a two team show. Right? And did I read somewhere that like. Like the Japanese women or something scored their first goal in the in the tournament. I don't know. I could be wait. Maybe it was like yeah. I, I their, didn't see a story on that. Maybe it was like they got their first win, or or uh, maybe I fell for like a Twitter. Like someone was telling a joke on Twitter, and I I didn't realize that. But I I thought I read something along the lines of like the Japanese women scored their first goal, and I was just like, wow, this is even more of a two team race than I thought. Um, not coming away with curling gold, or do we have a curling summit, Craig? Like anytime, anytime we don't win men's gold in hockey, we have to have a summit. Is there a curling summit? No, I don't think so. I think that the uh, the mixed doubles saved us from a curling summit. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I forgot that mixed doubles was a thing. Thanks, John Morris and Caitlin Laws. Yeah, way to go. Big ups to you. I love it. Saved us from a curling summit. Appreciate Absolutely it. love it. Um, anything else about? Uh, you, you want to say about the Olympics or? No, it was a good. I watched more than I thought I would. Yeah. Uh, well, let me get your take on. I, I got to get your take on. It. Like, how did you feel about watching the men's hockey without, without the pros, without without our big boys? I thought it was ridiculous. Like, yeah. and, and the, the guy and well, there are two takes that I hated. One, well, I'm glad they're doing it this way. The Olympics are for amateurs anyway. That, oh God, yeah. That one has it's, no. That one is ba- not the, based in reality. No, that, that no. Argument. Guess what? All the guys that were there make a lot of money to play hockey. Yes. Just not Canada. 
Yeah, Usain like, Bolt. Usain Bolt is an amateur athlete. Fuck <laughs> yeah, you. yeah. Go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> hey, have you, yeah. have you guys ever seen Scott Moyer and Tessa Virtue on commercials? Oh, you have. Yeah, it yeah. turns out they make money off this too. Like the idea that oh, the Olympics is for amateurs and winter, is just winter really, sports really in general. Thick. You have to be like you like to play any of those sports. You need money. Like it's just like there's no like like the the Summer Olympics has the thing of like. Some of the sports just involve you have to be able to run really fast, and if you can do that, and then you you someone notices that you can do that, and they train you really hard and really well to do that, you can do that. In the Winter Olympics, you need money because you need equipment, and you need ice time, and you need slope time, and you need whatever time, and it's just yeah, like like the 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 notion that people are amateur athletes is such a fallacy, and I can't yeah. stand that take. One, a lot one of them idea. are. A lot of them yeah. are, but this is not like, and for all the flaws the IOC has, mm-hmm. the one thing that they do better than the NCAA, which is not the organization you want to be comparing yourself to, nope. but <laughs> when it comes to the uh, triumvirate of the most corrupt sporting organizations in the world, FIFA, the NCAA, yeah. and the IOC. They're somehow third. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Hey, somehow the IOC is third, which is just mind boggling. <laughs> Secondly... They have no problem if an athlete can sell this endorsement deal, that endorsement deal, whatever it happens to be. They don't care. Like, yeah. yeah, go make money. Whereas the NCAA has a significant issue with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is to me, that's a good thing. If if you're an athlete, if you're one of the athletes that draws eyeballs to the Olympics, yeah, sure, you can go monetize that. Mm-hmm. Go nuts. Yeah. So yeah, I got no, I got no beef with that. What was the other take you you, you said you had? Uh, the other take was in regards to. If like let's just take a look at the game against Germany for example, mm-hmm. Germany would have had like Leon Dreisaitl and a couple extra guys. Yeah, most of the guys that played for Germany, those would have been the guys yeah. against the, if you, your, your centers down the middle: Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, John Tavares, and I don't know who the fourth one is. It doesn't matter. It could yeah. have been me. Yeah. Uh, but Canada would have had a pretty significant advantage there. Connor, Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon would have been playing on the same lineup. That's all you need to know of, uh, on the same line. That's all you need to know about what. Unless, unless you right. want to shake things, probably unless you want to shake things up and put McKinnon with Crosby and Bergeron and yeah. slide Marshawn down. I wouldn't have, but that because like, they've had a lot of success with Crosby, Bergeron, Marshawn in the past. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless. Yeah, it, it would have been a pretty gosh darn loaded hockey team. In fact, I think that you could have put together an argument that right now I think the best hockey team ever assembled as far as just the pure talent goes is the 2014 Sochi Canadian team. Mm-hmm. I think the 2018 team would have been significantly better. Yeah. And like and we also get robbed of like the like the the unintentional comedy thing that happens every Olympics when the media outlets here are arguing about like the roster. My favorite thing is always who gets the third goalie slot debate. Yeah, right? the guy, who's, the guy who's never going to be anywhere. <laughs> exactly, near yeah, the, that's yeah. always my favorite. Is like, like, because in the past it's always like, well, do we take you know Mark Andre Fleury or do we take Mike Smith? And it's like, who cares? <laughs> and it's yeah. Just like, <laughs> and, but like people get like right into that debate as to who the third goaltender is going to be, and we uh, were, and we were robbed of that. So Price would have been the starting goalie regardless of the situation because he hadn't had a good year, but that's fine. He still would have been the starting goalie. And he would have been fine again, right? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Put, put that team in front of him. He would have figured some things out. Yeah. Holtby, Holtby would have been the second guy. I truly don't know who the third guy would have been. Not Again, not that it matters, but again, I truly don't yeah. know who, who your third goalie is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and again, who cares? Yeah. Um, couple questions, and then, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, one quick, uh, just because spring training started this week, and, you know, you and I loves – we loves us some baseball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> math guys at Fangraphs, Craig. 
that like the brilliant dudes at Fangraphs have the Jays project projected, or projected in English, uh, for 87 wins right now after the Jaime Garcia signing, which I like that signing by the way. Can they yeah, get, no, I... can they get to 87 wins and potentially get a, seven, a second wild card? I think if you're at 87 wins, you're, you may or may not win the second wild card, but you're alive the last weekend. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think they can do that. Yeah. Yeah, the Marcus Stroman news today is somewhat unsettling. Oh, I didn't hear this. What is this? Uh, he's got a little bit of a, a shoulder situation going on, which Ooh. is never good. Better than an elbow situation, True. but still. Um, so they're going to take it easy with him for a couple of days, and he said he wasn't sure if he's going to be ready to to you know go full out for opening day. Uh, obviously somewhat stressful, um, but I don't think anything to be super alarmed about just yet. Yeah. I just it, it comes down to can our pitching stay healthy again? And if you ask me, I'm gonna say no because apparently you're telling me Strowman's got a shoulder thing now. But uh, I think best case scenario for this Blue Jays team is a wild card matchup, right? Yeah, I think it's I don't know. Weird stuff happens during a baseball. Yeah, it's baseball. Season. Minnesota last year. Yeah, man, right? weird stuff happens during weird a baseball season. Baseball, so right? is it, it's it's that's something that Jays fans are probably gonna pull for, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, Craig Needles, The Bachelor, who you got? Becca, even with the weird boyfriend thing, you just seem to enjoy that date more. I thought it was so weird that the... Now, first off, I thought it was weird that the dude was much better looking than Ari. I also thought it was hilarious that Ari was, like, somewhat courteous to the guy. But then the second he left, he slammed the door and called him a fucking nerd. I thought that that yeah. was I thought that was uh, a real bitch move by Ari. And uh, I also thought it was hilarious that the pathetic white dude making a over the top romantic gesture to get a woman who was way out of his league was named Ross. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually said that to my wife when I was watching. Yeah. I'm like, it's always someone named Ross. Yeah, like it was it oh. was just so. <laughs> Oh, so strange. Uh, let me just say, for the final two, my wife and I, for about five weeks on The Bachelor, have had a who-would-last-longer bet. And we're down to the final two, and we still don't have a winner in the who-would-last-longer bet. But we'll oh, find, wow. Yeah, we'll find out. I had Lauren B., and she's got Becca. Um, I don't know. I just For whatever reason, I, I just think that Lauren B. has got this weird, like... Because, I don't know, when they went on the one-on-one -on -one date uh, on last week on, on the on the the suites she had the best date where they were in the the plane floating around looking at like the the Incan markings in the sand and whatnot that was really cool and then Ari would like look over and be like oh cool it's a monkey look and then she'd just kind of like poke her head over and go yeah that's kind of cool like, <laughs> she's just so weird yeah. to me. like like she's obviously incredibly nervous during these things but at a certain point it's like yeah, you're nervous because you're on a TV show and you might spend time. You might you're like wondering whether or not you want to spend the rest of your life with this guy. But then at a certain point, you're in an airplane in Peru, right? Like and looking at all this cool stuff. Like yeah, I, I just think that right? it'd be such. I, I'd like to think that I'd be able to enjoy the moment, but I just think it'd be such a weird situation. There'd be so many things on your mind; it would be impossible. You think so? I don't know. I just I don't like, know. Like you know, I, I I truly do because you're thinking to yourself, okay, how am I coming off on television right now? You're thinking yeah. to yourself, what are people going to think of me when this goes on television? It's watching millions of people. You're thinking to yourself hey does this guy want to marry me you're thinking to yourself hey do i want to marry him you're thinking yeah. to yourself hey what's this guy's relationship like with the other three or the other two women who we may also want to marry like it just it's i, I get why there's a lot on your mind it would take away the enjoyment of, 
<coughs> that out. <laughs> I get why there's a lot on your mind, and it would take away the enjoyment of the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, su- I don't know, I suppose. But it's been like that the entire time with her. Like, it, like it just doesn't yeah, seem like enough. she's enjoyed herself at any point, uh, any point during this. Uh, what'd you think of Winter Games? Yeah, um, I love Winter Games. I hope yeah. they do it again. I don't know if they will because it won't be the Olympics next year. That's but true. I, I, enjoy, I, I, think, I think I think it's, I think it's perfect for them to do it every two years. Like do it do do a summer games next time, right? Ooh, that's an idea. Every time there's Olympics, you do a Bachelor Winter Games or a Bachelor Summer. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, so, no, that's a really good idea. I think they should do that. Yeah, because like next time, now obviously it won't be as hilarious because like the winter sports are obviously more harder fraught. to play. Yeah, but no, here's fraught, the thing though: right? you can like, pick you can pick your summer sports a little bit better. Yeah. So have them do like the javelin or not, yeah, sorry, not do the javelin. javelin. Yeah, or, don't do sprinting. They're doing javelin. They're doing the trampoline. Yeah, they're doing you know summer Olympic like you know like oh yeah we're doing a cycle race. No 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 everyone knows how to ride a bike. Friggin Find I, some other stuff. Pole vault. Yeah, they're doing pole vault. Right. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like, like shot yeah. put stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. So you can still make it funny. You just have to pick your sports well. And then like you you can do like you know have the men doing like the wrestling or the judo or whatever so that you get like that you get that like alpha male like I'm gonna fight for my girl type of type of yeah thing. yeah. And you like, can have the lady you can have the ladies do that too. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I think I think it would get chippy. Yeah. I this is a good yeah. So that's what I was thinking. I think you you absolutely do it every every two years and every time there's an Olympics that and it wouldn't get stale that way. Uh, I think anyway, uh, Becca or Becca, Becca, if you will. Is I love a... Becca. Oh yeah. I love her too. Uh, she's heading to paradise. That was a gimme. Do we send crystal to paradise, Craig? I think, yeah, of course we do. Yeah. Not because I like crystal, but because when she gets there, everyone's gonna be super pissed off. Yeah. Like crystal, crystal, it, like she doesn't start there, right? Like she's one who comes like second week and she gets that, that slow edit where, they show her feet coming down the steps of paradise and they play like the evil music and have shots of like the animals going <laughs> and stuff. Right. Cause they're all afraid of like what's about to happen. And, and then it's like all of a sudden, like you hear like, hi, <laughs> and then it's, and it's crystal and she's just there in paradise. Right. Like that's, that's the move you make. If, if, yeah, if no, I, I, I think you're right. I think that's exactly what Cause they sent the villain from last season, Taylor to, uh, yeah. To Paradise, and she got engaged, for God's sake. Oh, God, I, felt, I totally forgot that Taylor was a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. I don't have the emotional intelligence to remember the Taylor <laughs> thing. Well played, well played, yeah. sir. That's, we're going to go out on that. That That's how that's how we'll exit on that. Um, crossover Podcast available at thecrossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and soundcloud.com slash crossoverpodcast. Twitter account at mpeer6, M-P-E-A-R-C-E, and the number six. And we are actually currently involved in the Pottern Madness. Uh, all of the, a bunch of the indie, uh, Pottern families put together a bunch of the indie podcasts from there. And we are currently in a vote in advance on Twitter right now. So look at the at Pottern Madness uh, Twitter account, and then you'll find us on there. You might have to do a little bit of searching because it's all on their, their main there and, and find us and it's at Empire 6 that you need to vote for because I'm too lazy to start up a Twitter account with the actual name of the podcast on it. Probably holding us back. I'd like to get past the first round. I don't know who we're up against. Well, I do, but I don't want to say it because I don't want to seem like I'm trying to bring them down in an effort to <laughs> at least get past. Let's, like, but since this is a March Madness thing, I'd like to be like Creighton in this or something, Craig. Like, like we don't, we don't have to be North Carolina in this. In fact, there's no way we're going to be, but Let's be Creighton. Let's let's sure. win, let's win around. That's what that's what I say. I, I, I'd like to. I don't want to be just happy to be there. I want to I want to run around. So please vote for for the crossover podcast on that. 
Um, I don't know what we're going to do next week. Uh, this was kind of a little sports, like this week in sports, catch up with uh, Craig and myself. So maybe next week I'll bring Miller on and we'll, we'll get caught up in some of the nerd stuff. Speaking of which, uh, we're sending best wishes out to Kevin Smith, who I don't know if you heard about this, Craig, had a heart attack. The other yeah, day. I saw the yeah. Twitter posts. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So uh, he's apparently going to be all right, but uh, heart attacks are nothing to fuck with. So I imagine he's not going to be... Although I guess he, he <laughs> Facebooked himself in the hospital today, so maybe nothing's slowing him down as far as content. But, uh, yeah, it might be a while before I get a new Fat Man on Batman. But, you know, best wishes to Kevin Smith. Speedy recovery and uh, and, and all that that all that good stuff going, going his way. Uh, Craig Needles, thanks for doing this again. Another, another excellent uh, job by you on the NHL trade deadline pod. And, Thank you. Uh, big ups to us on a, on a fourth year going forward. So, uh yeah, can't wait to talk to you going forward. Thank you. All right, have a good one, sir. You too.